Before we start the program, I want to introduce you to an event that's coming up this August. The Loma Linda Institute of Worship is offering a worship leadership certificate to help leaders and pastors take their congregation's worship experience to the next level. This August 9-12 through 12 event will include presenters Randy Roberts, Adriana Pereira, Nicholas Zork, Wayne Buckner, Richard Hickam, and more, and provide the opportunity to perform on stage with Steve Green and the Heritage Singers. Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register. So here we are. We come to the end of our series, More Than Words, where for the past month and a half, we've heard the music of the Psalms. Psalms being much more than just mere words on paper. Psalms filled with emotions. Although not always recognizable, our principal longing, however, for a push towards our eternal Father. We acknowledge the reality of our disorienting experiences and the necessity of giving them expression and directing them to God. As we communed with God and with each other, we heard the song, Void of Hope, pushing us towards a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. The special songs that we listened to helped us as sons and daughters of God to see the lengths that our God would go to, to prove that God would never leave us nor forsake us. And last week, last week, we heard yet another stanza, the tune of justice. So this week is no different. As we sing the familiar song, so ingrained in our historic culture, after all, it's the psalm that characters such as Catherine Hepburn, it roosters Cogburn, and the hip-hop artist Coolio in Gangster's Paradise. People all over have sampled the psalmist's word. Growing up, as a child, I remember learning, memorizing, and reciting the song. And later on in life, as I became a pastor and a chaplain, as I visited my patients in the hospital, it was my to-go song. And at funerals and at the graveside, that was the song that gave comfort to those hurting. And though Psalm 23 is an appropriate psalm for such an occasion as a funeral, limiting it, I feel, robs the song of its rich 
imagery and theological relevance for our everyday life. For you see, the music of this psalm opens with a personal confession and suggests God the shepherd has safely brought the psalmist through a crisis. In this opening line, it is a statement of confidence, which underscored by the second part of verse 1, I will lack nothing. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. No one enjoys enduring crisis. I've yet to meet anyone that enjoys going through pain and suffering and sickness and hurt and death. But it's the endured crisis that seems to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, generate Psalms 23's psalmist-stirring profession of faith. So this song reminds us today, as God's children, as his son and daughters, that although there is danger, although there is evil, although there is crisis, although we go through pain, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. You see, this song deepens our faith. This song instills a trust in the Lord, my shepherd. And because the psalmist does not identify the type of crisis that he is going through, the Spirit can also apply the psalm's truth to our various difficulties. What crisis was this psalm addressing? Was it a crisis centered on death, as we often refer to it? Today's song is quiet on the type of crisis that led to this composition. Rather, this song functions as a reminder of a relationship between God and God's people. And perhaps more importantly, this song reminds us about the beauties of living life in the here and now among this usual darkness that life throws our way. You see, too often we refer to this song in times of bleakness. But perhaps today, we will allow the Good Shepherd, Jesus, to show us that it is time to listen to this song as a song of living. For Jesus invites us today to live a life with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.
The verb want in Hebrew is translated as being in need. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7, surely the Lord has blessed you in all your undertakings. He knows you're going through great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you, and yet you have not lacked anything. The invocation of those two passages related 40 years of wandering following the exodus is noteworthy. For you see, God takes care of his people. He took care of his people when they were wandering in the desert. To be sure, life was not always easy, but it was life. Those 40 years might have seen a lot of grumbling and complaining, but they also saw manna free from heaven. Those 40 years may have seemed bleak at times, but they also saw the birth of a new generation. And eventually, progress to the promised land. You see the benefits of the relationship that Jesus wants with us is clear. Jesus wants us to have a relationship with him. This God who will lead us to the promised land. This God who will provide us with lush green pastures. This God who will still waters. This God who will lead us in the straight path. That is what the good shepherd wants to offer us. The good shepherd wants us to keep moving through this life. You see, this song reminds us that God sustains. This song that we've heard over and over again reminds us that God provides. This song reminds us that God cares for his flock, not once, not sporadically, but time and time again, day after day, night after night. This song reminds us today that goodness can pursue. Our song today serves us as a reminder, a reminder to live life fully and abundantly. I think sometimes we forget that God created us, that God formed us and fashioned us. God said that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. All these are so that we could live. And yet, the chaos, the turmoil, the pain, the struggle that we go through cloud God's plan. Indeed, the song delivers some of the most beautiful and deeply comforting images in the whole Bible. But the imagery in this song is also full of surprises. 
So when we heard this song, it may have brought some sentimental feeling. You may have felt nostalgic. This morning, I would invite you to look at this song of living as bold, keeping in mind the ways that Jesus wants us to radically claim and confront the real life experiences that we go through together as we journey through this life. You see, the psalmist expresses confidence in the good shepherd, Jesus. He himself, after all, he had been a shepherd. He had the shepherd's heart. He knew how to protect his sheep. He knew how to feed his sheep. He knew how to make sure that they wouldn't get any parasites. He knew how to provide and care. But he also knew the good shepherd. He knew that the good shepherd cared more than he did. He knew that Jehovah is a much more faithful shepherd than he could ever be. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't want to be diminished. I don't want to be in need. I don't want to decrease because I serve the good shepherd Jesus. My needs will be met. The living Bible says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Not some of my needs. Not just today the Lord is going to be my needs. But because the Lord is my shepherd, I will have everything I need. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, And my God, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches of his glory. For you see, we serve a God who is a supplier. Our confidence in a good future does not stand on the shifting sand of society. However, our confidence should stand on the rock of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd. And because Jesus is our good shepherd, our soul is restored. You see, it's not just us on the outside, when we hurt on the inside, where our heart is breaking, when we are falling apart and we feel that no one understands, when we feel that we are journeying this life all by ourselves and it seems like it's the end of the world, my soul is restored. For you see, the picture of the sheep Weary from their journey, lying down in the lush green pastures and drinking from the cool waters. God refreshes us along the way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul writes, Therefore, do not lose heart. 
Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Friends, this morning, the surprise is that it is not a one-time deal with God. Day by day, Jesus invites us to a relationship with him. It's not that just our physical need is being met. Jesus cares for us emotionally. Jesus cares for us spiritually. Jesus is a God of comfort. Which is why he gives us the invitation. Come to me. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus, not just that, take my yoke and learn from me. What I love about Jesus is that he doesn't just provide for us. Jesus wants to teach us. He wants us to be the student. He wants us to learn from him so that we can find rest for our souls. Friends, today we hear a song leading us into green, lush pastures. Not barren ground. Today we hear a song leading us beside the still waters, not troubled waters. Because Jesus refreshes, Jesus restores our souls. And as a result, we anticipate to be led in the right direction. For the psalmist says that he guides me along the right path. You see, Jesus doesn't push us. Jesus doesn't drive us to the right path. We don't serve a God that wants to force us into a relationship with us. Jesus says, let me lead you. Follow me. Let me pave the way. Let me guide you to the right path. You know, as a child of God, we can't help but love the things that God loves. As a child of God, regardless of what struggles, what pain we may have, deep down we want to live right. Deep down we want to have that connection with Jesus. And the beauty is that we don't have to find the way. For we serve the good shepherd who is the way who leads us in the right direction for his name's sake. Why? Not because we deserve it. Not because we've worked for it. Not because we are worthy of it. Because Jesus offers us the gift. It's his name that is on the line. It is because God desires it. It is because Jesus will do it. It is because that we serve the good shepherd that he lays his life on the line. Therefore, we can confidently expect him to lead us in the right direction, not into temptation, but along the right path, not into destruction, but ultimately with the good shepherd. We can expect friends to be led in the direction of our shepherd. We can expect to be safe, 
we can expect to be protected wherever Jesus guides. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I often wondered about this part of the verse. Does it mean that no wrong will happen to us? Does it mean that we won't go through trials? Does it mean that once we decide to follow the good shepherd, that we are immune from what life throws at us? Unfortunately, that's not the case. That's not the case. The psalmist says, when life takes me there, I will not be afraid because the shepherd will not send me through the valley alone. He goes with me. He guides me. So together, we go through life. Together, we live a life that Jesus is causing for us to live. For you are with me. This life that we live, this isn't a solo. This isn't a life where Jesus says, you're it. This isn't us doing life on our own. When God formed us, when God knitted us, God says, I want you to be in community. I want you to be in, as a family. I want you to journey together so that you can sustain each other. That is what Jesus is causing us to live today. For you are with me. We don't have to do it by ourselves. Jesus promises us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That is is the type of God that we serve. Then we come to the last two verses of this song. And we move to the second metaphor where God is now the gracious host who prepares this banquet table for the psalmist. And if you noticed and you paid attention to our reading this morning, you will notice all of a sudden there is a shift in the language where the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now he's saying, you prepare a table for me. At the beginning he says he, at the end he says you. The third person versus the second person. You see, at the beginning, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. Placing action, God's action of his individuality. But now he transitioned into a communal circumstance. You see, towards the end of this song, we have images of feeding. You prepare before me a table. We have images of healing, of grooming, of tending to the psalmist. You anoint my head with oil of blessings and of abundance. My cup overflows. 
But all of these don't take place in private. But before my enemies, God's role as shepherd and as host in those later verses of our songs are not restricted to internal feelings of peace and relief, but of hope, of care. God provides for us. And our song concludes with yet another nod towards life and living. I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yet again, the psalmist emphasizes life, life in the here and now, and the ways in which life in the here and now can be joyous and banquet-filled. It's very fitting that he ends the Psalms with a promise about the end of life's journey, because the Psalm has taken us on a journey, and that journey is ending. The psalm is a journey just like life is a journey. The imagery is that at the time of the table comes to an end, the sheep find their way back home. But you see, at the beginning of the verse, where the sheep were stumbling through the darkest valleys and didn't know where they were going, they soon found out that the good shepherd was leading them through the valley. You see, sometimes when we are in the valley, there is no light. It is pitch black. We stumble around. We get stuck in the mud. We get scrapes and cuts. We begin to bleed. But the good shepherd is also the light. And where there is darkness, Jesus is the light. And when the light shines, it leads the way. So as the sheep now leave the table and make their way back because they want to live, in the house of the Lord. Now there is trust. Now there is faith. Now there is confidence to live. No longer is there doubt about going through the valley. No longer do we think and put doubt and trust in whether someone is truly leading us. Because we have gone through life, because we have journeyed and we have experienced the good shepherd leading us, our way back home is a journey of trust, a journey of protection. We can be confident because of what the shepherd has already done. We will end up in the green pastures that the sheep, will lay down in. When it comes to Christianity, we tend to focus our attention on Jesus and what Jesus did for us at the cross. 
And while that is the greatest good that has ever been done for us, we need to understand that it was the culmination of Jesus' work here as a human being, but that he also cared for us every day since. That is the truest fulfillment of 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. But it doesn't end there. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. It's easy to accept the first part where Jesus is our hero and our savior, where Jesus steps off his throne and comes down to this earth and lays down his life for us. That part can be easy for us to understand. But wait, Jesus, you mean I have to lay down my life for them? You mean Jesus truly expects us to go out of our way for each other? Do you see it? Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. This is not just a statement of faith in the shepherd, but it's a statement about the sheep that follows this sheep that brings goodness and love and mercy. That is a statement about all of us, God's love, God's goodness, God's mercy. When Jesus pours into us, he pours it full to overflowing. The psalmist says, my cup overflows. I used to wonder about this part of the song as well. When my kids fill their cup, I always say, now make sure you don't fill it to the top. Well, kids are kids. And more times than not, they fill it, they fill it and it's full to overflowing. And that's a mistake. And they say, well, it's an accident. Well, I told you not to do it. But it's a mistake. Why would that be in the song? My cup overflows. Back in biblical times when you would visit, when the host felt that the relationship and the conversation and your time together was going well, they would keep on refilling your cup. That was a sign that things were going okay. Well, if things weren't going so well, you would find yourself sitting at the table with an empty cup. However, if things were going really well, your cup will be overflowing. That was a sign from the host that they really enjoyed you being in their home. So you see, when we read in the song, 
that our cup overflows. We see that Jesus is wanting us to stay in close relationship with him. Jesus wants a relationship with us. Jesus wants us to journey through life together. Jesus is saying, I am inviting you to sit at my banquet table. You don't need to crash the party. You have an invitation to the greatest party ever. But we don't have to do it alone. Jesus loves us. Our cup overflows. The good news for us is that if as sheep, if we have been on the wrong side of the fence, if we have been observing the other sheep laying down in green pastures and drinking from still waters and watching their cup being overflowed. Today, Jesus, the good shepherd, is inviting us to do life together. Friends, we are family. For whatever reason, God saw fit for us to all be here together. In this church, we are family. We are a community. We do life together. So when we're walking through life, and it's hurting, and it's painful, and we feel like we're all alone, Reach out. Ask someone, can I journey through life with you? For today, this song of the living invites us to embrace it as we live life. Let us not wait until we are sick and pained and hurt. For today, Jesus, the good shepherd, is saying, come. Come. I wait to do life with you. I pray that as we live, together, as we do life together, that we will be reminded of the good shepherd that we serve. For life itself can be very dark, but let's live together. Let us follow the light and allow the good shepherd to lead us. Let us pray. Gracious Father, good shepherd, we thank you for leading us. We thank you for restoring us. We thank you for setting up a table for us and inviting us to break bread together.
But most of all, Jesus, we thank you for pouring into us life so that we may live and live abundantly. Lord, I stand before you with my brothers and sisters of like faith. And I pray that as we do life together, that our relationship with each other will grow and deepen. That as we do life together, that our relationship with you will grow and intensify. And as you lead us towards the right path, even though we go through this life, we will come through the other side where we can live with you all the days of our life. This is our prayer today, Jesus, as we live for you. In your name I pray. Amen.